I am Linda. And I'm Sarah. I'm a boomer mom. I'm a millennial daughter. And we're here to talk about relationships. All kinds of relationships. So without further ado, let's, let's get, get relational. relational. Hi, welcome to another episode of Let's Get Relational. Today we're going to talk about inner peace or finding your Zen place. Mm -hmm. This is one of those things that's really come in handy in this time of, of year for us. We've had COVID, we've had quarantine, we've had crazy politics, and we've had the wildfires of Northern California. Yeah. So whether it's the evacuation warnings or the evacuations or the um, smoke that you can't leave your house because you can't mm -hmm. breathe outside, we've had a lot of opportunities to uh, find our Zen place with things. And I, I've learned to find that Zen place in raising my child, in dealing with uh, friends and partners and uh, in work. And so I can't think of anything more important in terms of uh, increasing the uh, value and the capacity of your relationships than finding that inner peace place, that place where you can retreat internally when you're feeling really stressed and really hurt or really uh, just um, uh, jacked up about something that's going on, whether it's really in that moment or whether it is uh, in, in response to whatever happened. Can you think of a, a time when you've had to like really learn how to find that inner peace and Zen place? Um, part of like, yeah, I really had to deal with that with um, handling the tumultuous relationship with my parent, my other parent. Um, and so for me, uh, going to like the Zen place or finding the inner peace is also knowing that just like, I'm going to be okay, no matter what, that's kind of the mantra that I have for when I'm able to just kind of sit there and be like, you know what, whatever's going on, any, anything can happen with whatever's going on in my life right now. But I know that no matter what, I'm going to be okay. So I'm just, I'm going to find a way to make it work. It'll work out for me. That's kind of where I go for that. And I really had to do that through, um, uh, weaving my way through that particular relationship and figuring out where I needed to set boundaries, um, where what I could expect from that relationship and from my other parent um, for uh, my wants and needs that I needed from a parent, and uh, ultimately in deciding that you know like this wasn't a this was a toxic relationship and I needed to take a step back and separate myself from that. Um, so through that, I really had to find those places where no matter what happened, no matter what she said, um, then I would just know that I was going to be okay. And I had her, um, I had my mom <laughs> and, um, I could just, I knew that it, it, it may not seem great in the moment, but everything would work out in the end. Like there would be an outcome that was satisfying. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I certainly had to reach that place. And, and one of the spiritual teachers I had during that time when we were trying to negotiate where Sarah was going to stay and how we were paying for things and all of that, she said to me, Linda, every time you write an email, I want you to read it 50 times before you send it so that you're not deliberately triggering the other person. Mm -hmm. And um, so I had to find my Zen place and how I wanted to communicate, even though it wasn't direct communication. I had to sometimes write out all the things I felt uh, or just talk out the things I felt and then try to get very concise in my language about what I really wanted to communicate. So one of the things that for me has happened with um, all of the stuff happening with COVID and quarantine and financial uncertainty and, and all of those things is I've really needed to uh, kind of double down on finding that Zen place. Because mm -hmm. uh, there's been so much 
um, anxiety and turmoil during this time. And what's funny is I am not a highly anxious person at all, but I gotta tell you that my experience during all of this has made me feel so empathetic to my friends who deal with anxiety all the time. And I think you've had that same experience of, of really understanding your friends better. Um, you know, when they're dealing with that uncertainty all the time, because they, they just like operate from up here, like, like yeah. it's very much a fight or flight thing yeah, all like the time. Gasping for breath, you know, where you're trying to just stay above water, but you just like, you know, like you're freaked out. Like really, I don't know, like bad, for those of you who don't like dark water, but like it, uh, thinking about like you're surrounded and like really deep water and it's just pitch black, you can't see anything and you're just <laughs> scrambling to stay above. Like that's what it kind of feels like Yeah. at this, during this time. And I can only imagine like feeling like that all the time where you're just trying to keep your head above water and you can't see anything. Yeah. So yeah, that'd be really scary. So one of the things we wanted to do today was talk a little bit about what we do, or what our tips and tricks are for finding our Zen place, and also to help you really identify with what a Zen place is for you. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't mean Zen place in any uh, religious understanding, cultural understanding. I mean inner peace. And so however you can understand that word, uh, that concept, you know, use that concept for yourself. Um, if you're driving while you're listening to this, please don't close your eyes. And if you are somewhere stationary and you have an ability to close your eyes, this would be a good time to do that. But again, if you're driving, just take in the, the words that we're saying and allow yourself to uh, identify those places where you've got that feeling of inner peace. So for those of you who are not driving, close your eyes just for a moment. And I want you to imagine a time or a place in your life where you felt totally at peace, totally expanded, joyful, like life couldn't get any better. For some of you, it might've been right after the birth of a child. For some of you, it might be when you conquered a mountaintop, figuratively or literally. For some of you, it was a feeling of falling in love. And for some of you, it's that feeling you get as a runner's high or as a meditator, that feeling of ease, that feeling of complete peace inside of yourself. And so allow yourself to anchor into that place so that you've got that feeling in place as we continue our conversation today. And it might be helpful to imagine it with some kind of symbol, whether it's a symbol of your baby, a symbol of your beloved, a symbol of how you understand God or higher power, Whatever it is, it's perfectly right for you. It might be that you have your hand on your knee and that helps you remember that place of peace. So 
just take a moment to really anchor in that feeling. And if there's an image or a sound or a color that helps you remember that feeling, keep that in your mind as we continue our conversation. And if your eyes are closed, gently allow them to open. And just feel what it's like to be in that place of inner peace and calm. And you can see that was just a very short time that we took to just calm our voices, the voices in our head, the voices you're listening to, and just get to that place of like, oh, I feel better already. And it doesn't take very long to get to that place. That's the part that always astounds me. People are like, oh, I can't meditate. I can't take 20 minutes to do that. What if you could take a minute? What if you could take 30 seconds and just allow your mind to go a little more calm? How about that? Wouldn't that be cool? Mm -hmm. I don't know. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to just go over a couple of tips and tricks for finding that Zen place and um, maybe look at some of the situations where we've used these places. Uh, I'm going to start with one that I learned. Gosh, I learned it... Um, must be about 30 years ago now. I had moved cross country by myself and I was gonna have my first Thanksgiving and I had a couple of invitations, but I didn't know people very well. And so I decided to stay home and, but I had some anxiety. And this is before uh, uh, lots of cell phone usage. This is before um, long distance didn't cost a lot of money. This is before any of those kinds of things. And what I discovered was breathing. Simple breathing helped me get through times when I was anxious. And I've, I've learned to take that, that concept and use it in many places in many ways in my life. And one of the things that I learned to do was to do it while I'm in a situation. I might be in a business meeting. I might be listening to her being upset with me, as a, particularly as a teenager, middle school, you know, those years. Mm -hmm. um, and I could just get to a place where I would just slow my breathing down and this is the most important thing of all, because you'll feel like when you're feeling anxious and you're not in your Zen place and your inner peace place, you'll feel like you're operating from up here. Uh, your breath is often shallow. Your um, breathing might be rapid um, or you might not be breathing at all. And so what I discovered was if I would just slow my breathing down and as you listen to my voice, you hear me just bringing calm in and I could listen and not have to say anything. And I would just practice, nobody could tell I was doing this. I would practice bringing in my breath longer and letting it out longer. And so that brought my heart rate down. It calmed my breathing and it helped me return to that place that I wanna operate from. When I'm having a conversation with somebody and it's troubling or if I'm having high anxiety, I don't wanna operate from that place of like high anxiety and and um, anger and emotion and all of that. There are times for that, certainly. But when you're in a situation where you need that inner peace, you need that Zen place, that breathing technique is one of the ways that really works for me. So what's one of the ways that works for you? Um, I think, I think the breathing might be a little more of the unconscious side for me rather than like a totally conscious thing I'm, uh, I do. But really it's just um it's you know again thinking the mantra of everything's gonna be okay i'm gonna be okay no matter what happens i'm gonna be okay um 
and then it's like uh it's usually this like a, a feeling will settle over me um like i'm going through the visualization because i did it with y'all um that it uh, it, it's something that kind of like unfurls in my chest mm. and I honestly I pictured like a lotus flower yeah um, and something that just sort of unfurls and it's just like a feeling of sort of warmth and calm and content and that's when I know I'm like oh yes you're back I'm good we're all good I'm gonna be okay yeah I think that mantra thing is really important I and I've used that a number of times myself I I really pushed my limits, um, I guess it was last year, and I did some international traveling by myself. And not only do I, did I travel by myself, but I rented cars, I, I navigated all kinds of things in countries where I didn't speak the language. Now, in retrospect, I wish I had like looked up the traffic signs, but other than that, it went pretty well. But I was really scared about it before I went. And, and so I had to really think about the ways that I could um, take care of myself. So the breathing was certainly one of them, but the other was a mantra, yeah. you know? So I remember being in one place last year and I was walking in uh, an area that's known for bears and rattlesnakes and, and things like that. And I, I had gotten this mantra actually from one of my teachers and it was like, God doesn't want me to be bitten by a rattlesnake. Now I'm not gonna be stupid. I'm not gonna stick my hand under a rock or, or you know, not look where I'm walking. But that helped calm me when I was walking through the, uh, the forest and the desert. And uh, that was really helpful for me. It's like, oh, God doesn't want that to happen to me. And then one time I was out on this inflatable boat off the coast of Portugal and we were going out to see dolphins. And this boat was just going up and down and like really bouncing on the waves. And we got to a place where you couldn't see shore anymore. We're just moving into open ocean. And uh, it was scary. You know, somebody in front of me was throwing up. I mean, it was like, uh, and so I was holding on to my little post and it's like, everything's okay. Everything's okay. Mm -hmm. Everything's okay. You are loved. You are cared for. Everything is okay. And it's that kind of self-talk. And I yeah. think both of us use self-talk. So that's the other thing. Yeah. Um, that self-talk that gets us through that. So sometimes it's a mantra and sometimes it's a, an entire conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have to do that sometimes when I'm really scared. In fact, it's funny. I've been looking at some of these other things that I've done in this last couple of years that um, I was pushing kind of my boundaries. Um, I always realize that when I am a co as a coach, when I push other people's boundaries, I have to be willing to push my own too and uh, expand and, and be willing to face my fears about things. And I look at some of the things I was scared about before and I was like, why? What, why were you in that place? But a lot of it was because I was operating more from this level of <gasps> and responding rather than choosing the emotion I wanted and choosing how I wanted to show up in the world and how I wanted to respond to whatever was happening and whatever was coming at me. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So how do you do self-talk? What, what kind of self-talk do you do besides your mantra? Uh, I mean, honestly, it just depends on what the situation is on the moment. Uh, but usually it's just, uh, the mantra just ends up being something I just kind of repeat for like, you know, 30 seconds of just like a reminder, um, of, or if I catch myself thinking that my, like my thinking is going in a downward spiral into a not so great place. I just like, wait, 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 like everything's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You don't need to worry about that. Like what's gonna happen is gonna happen. You can't control that. what's gonna happen. Like you just have to let it go. Um, but that's more of what I lean towards um, because usually uh, 
like, you know, I, I do this where I'll get caught up in wanting a solution or wanting an outcome, right? And I, you know, I still do that. So I, when I catch myself doing that, I have to go back and say, wait, hold up. No, 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 no. Just relax. It's going to work out. You're going to be okay. You don't need to worry about it. You're expending energy that you don't need to expend on something that may not even happen. So just don't worry. Um, so that's kind of more of what I do for, uh, uh, for like the emotional sort of side of things. Um, if I'm not necessarily in a space where, like if it's something like, like that's just brought up in the moment, I just, again, I think that's more of like the unconscious thing that'll happen to I'll just be like, wait, everything's going to be okay. Like just breathe, relax, like you'll get through this. Nice. One of the other things I, I think we talked about in another episode already was um, the workshop that I used to teach for middle school parents called um, Mom, Your Hair is Green. Yes. And um, I, that's another really good one because it's like, all right, I'm being triggered by whatever's happening here. Uh, is this person yelling at me? You know, do I feel like they're yelling at me? Mm -hmm. um, am I having an emotional reaction that doesn't seem appropriate to what's happening right here? And um, so I look at it from the perspective of like, well, if they were saying this thing in a different tone, in, in the same tone, would it be upsetting to me? So if they were saying to me, you never listen to me, right? And so for them, that might not even be, a, that doesn't even feel like raising their voice. For them, raising their voice might be, you never listen to me. But for me, because I grew up in a household with a dad who was very angry a lot of the time, and I really learned to shut down and, and uh, kind of fly under the radar, you know, any kind of raised voice at all to me, uh, puts me on high alert. And so I've done a lot of working through of that, but I do feel like those things, there's always another layer to do. And so, you know, if I'm feeling triggered by somebody um, responding to me in a way that doesn't feel comfortable, I really do look at that place of like, well, what if they were saying, Linda, your hair is green rather than Linda, you're not listening to me. And I'm like, okay, well, I wouldn't have a response to that. So am I triggered by whatever thing that they're saying? And so can I clear that in myself first? before I deal with it. So then I have to go to my Zen place. I have to go to that place of inner peace and that feeling of calm mm -hmm. so that I can really um, respond from the place of, of uh, true connection to myself, to my heart. And that has made a big difference for me is to be able to like uh, look at what the trigger is and, and be able to like find that place of inner peace so that I'm not operating um, in reaction to whatever's happening, to whatever somebody's bringing at me, I'm really responding um, from a heartfelt place of of care and compassion because I want other people to feel heard and I want to feel like I hear other people. And we get caught up sometimes in some of these things. Um, so, do you, and I have one more tip I want to uh, talk about. Do you have another one you want to talk about yet? Okay, you can go. So the other one, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this somewhere before, but I don't know if it ever made a final cut. But one of the things I learned to do was to sit with my, I, I won't do it for those of you who are only listening, um, sit with my hand in front of my mouth um, so that I wouldn't say anything. And that is really effective because people don't really know why you're doing it. But if you feel like you're going to want to interrupt the other person, if you feel like that's a pattern you have, you can just sit and um, just be reflective and have your hand kind of, easily casually in front of your mouth so you don't open it and it's like so that actually helps me go to my zen place and not be reactive 
And so I use anything I can to do that. I've had other images of when I've been with uh, in situations with someone who's a very harsh, aggressive kind of person. Uh, and sometimes when I've been in college or something like that, I've, I've had to have a professor like that. I actually dropped a class once because the guy was so aggressive and it was pretty early on in me dealing with the um, abuse I'd had with my dad. And I dropped the class because I couldn't do it. I just was at a place yeah. where I couldn't do it. And now I don't choose to be around those people that I just don't find any benefit in that. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I could visualize was like a steel plate on my heart and feeling protected. The other thing I did would uh, be just to turn away and just slightly. And so that they don't even notice that you've turned away slightly. Um, so that it doesn't feel like the attack is coming right at you. So it's kind of going and, and glancing away. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, some of those things are, are some of the ways that I've, I've dealt with that. And, uh, and it's funny to talk about this in the context of the inner peace part, but sometimes to get to that inner peace part, you have to find a way to, to deflect whatever's coming at you. And, uh, as I said, I don't choose to be around people that have that kind of assaulting yeah. kind of personality and their personality is totally fine for who they interact with. It just doesn't work for me. I don't enjoy it. I really like heartfelt, heart-connected conversation. And I don't mind at all having hard conversations. Um, Sarah will attest to that. Um, you know, oh, yeah. we, we have hard conversations. We talk about the hard conversation we have with other people in our lives. Um, and we really try to stay focused on what the result is we want to have. Mm -hmm. And so I only get to the result I want to have with those relationships when I can come from that place of inner peace. Mm -hmm. So if you have other things you want to add about tips and tricks? I think, um, like, you know, for, for people who maybe not um, uh, are very super religious or very spiritual even, you know, I for, for me, the inner peace comes from, like, thinking about, like, a glow within myself, like, my own power. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, that's where that kind of stuff comes from, where I can protect myself, where my own energy, my own power, that's like a light within me is the, what can protect me. So like, you know, just like imagining like a glow or like an invisible, like energy shield around your body, just to be able to protect you and deflect anything that comes off of you. That's kind of how, um, I imagine that. And so it's just like you are powerful you are amazing you are your own god goddess um deity uh whatever you so choose to call yourself um that like you have your own power and you can use that power and bring that forth to be able to protect yourself and bring that sort of light like lightness um calm a feeling of contentedness to yourself and uh wrap that around you as like a warm um, protective cloak. I love that. I love that. One of the things that, um, this is years ago, uh, we studied with the Brahma Kumaris who are the largest women led religious organization in the world. And they, uh, teach a form of open eyed meditation, which is super helpful. One of the things that they said was, can you imagine being in a stressful situation, like in the supermarket line and you're wanting to meditate, but you feel like it would be kind of weird to just close your eyes and, you know, go to your um, place. So they teach this open-eyed form of meditation where you can just um, focus on clearing your mind and calming yourself. And they are some of the most loving people I've ever met. And um, they have this place of, of this calm inside themselves and a detachment 
um, but a very deep spiritual attachment, you know, so that there's a, you feel spirit moving through them. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who are more religious and spiritual, you know, I highly encourage you to find that place with what, wherever your spiritual beliefs are. That's a really powerful thing. And I love what Sarah shared with that inner glow and wrapping it like a cloak around you. Like the, the imagery of that is, is so beautiful. And, and um, I think if we could wrap people in that cloak of, of, oh, yeah. of uh, light and um, openness right now during these crazy times, that it would make a huge difference for people. Oh, yeah. Of just a feeling like you are, because part of that inner power is going to also shower you and uh, swaddle you in love, right? And affection. And like, because, you know, the, the true like inner power is just like a part of you. So like, that's a way of loving yourself, of protecting yourself, is wrapping yourself in that and like your own embrace. Um, so like be able to feel that and walk around feeling that. Um, actually getting a little misty eyed because it's been a difficult couple of weeks for me. Um, that like, I don't know, like I just felt that like come over me again. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't felt super, you know, aligned for a little while. So like, thank you for that visual visualization mom. Cause that, um, actually helped open something in my heart again. Yeah. yeah. I feel quiet. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I love that um, being swaddled in love, uh -huh. kind of, you know, being swaddled in love and light and and just having that sense of um, being taken care of. And mm -hmm. you're taking care of yourself, uh, but but to be able to just come back to that sense of um, that who you are is just fine. Mm -hmm. You are so loved and you are so appreciated and you matter. And that's the piece that we forget sometimes when we've yeah. broken up with a, a partner mm -hmm. and um, you know, we have to come back to that place and you've got to come back to that place of knowing you're okay. Mm -hmm. And um, this, this, the whole pandemic and everybody's reactions to it and the isolation, all of that has certainly more than once brought me to a place of really doubting a lot of things that yeah. I was real sure of before. And, and so for me uh, to be able to, Go back to that place of, no, you are loved. Mm -hmm. This is your Zen place. Um, only surround yourself with people that make you feel expanded and good about yourself. And and if you have to be around people that don't make you feel that way, then what do you need to do to protect yourself? And how do you allow yourself to be held when you're in that kind of position? So the, the things that we're talking about are really great for whether you're dealing with some physical pain or emotional pain. I have a brother who has had double knee replacements. He's had um, all kinds of other physical kinds of, of things happen to him. And he d always does the bare minimum of drugs, not because he has a drug problem, but because he really believes he can manage this with his mind. He's way better at this than I am. But um, he's found a way to just go into that Zen place, that inner peace and calm himself and calm the nerves um, last year I got really sick after the fires here in Northern California and I had a moment where I had a bronchial spasm and so I, my, everything just froze up and I couldn't breathe. Scariest thing of my life. I ended up in urgent care that morning. And what I realized in those days of, I had ended up with asthma and bronchitis because of the fires. What I realized in those days of not being able to breathe and I'd never had that kind of experience before was that I had to find a way to calm myself. So that when it started happening, if I gave into the terror, because it's very scary, 
uh, to not be able to breathe, then um, I, I knew it was going to get worse. And so for me, I used a lot of those calming techniques uh, to find a place to find my breath and not get frightened by not being able to find it in the beginning. And so, you know, physically, um, I've also had a couple of things this year that I've had to deal with, with um, some dental uh, issues and um, being, I, the, for some reason that I can withstand a fair amount of pain, but for some reason that dentist puts their hands in my mouth and I start to feel like <gasps> panicky, right? Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. so I really learned how to get to that place. I, I would have in one ear, uh, really calming music so that I could hear what the dentist was saying to me or the oral surgeon uh, in one case. And then I had something in my pocket that I was holding on to and I was practicing my breathing while they were in my mouth. Because I said to the oral surgeon on that the one time, I said, well, what do I do if I'm feeling panicked? Um, and all I wanted to do was just say, like, raise your hand or something. He said, well, I don't know if we should do this. Maybe I should just put you under. And then if we're going to do that, then you have to come back another time. I'm like, no, I got to get this done because I'm in so much pain. Mm -hmm. And so um, I had to learn how to, to do that. Um, and so I, and I did. And it was, um, it, it was a, a great experience in a lot of ways of just realizing how much physical pain and emotional pain can be helped with these kinds of strategies. Yeah. Uh, and for me, a lot of them, for me, if I can walk by the ocean uphill uh, so it, like in our Marin headlands and, and some other places where I get to walk, uh, it makes a huge difference for me. There's something about the, the rhythm of the ocean and my breathing that happens in those kinds of situations that I can let things wash through me. And so for me, part of the purpose of the, um, inner peace place and that Zen place inside of yourself is to be able to allow whatever feelings come up to, to move through. Because I think the biggest mistake people make is in trying to shut down their feelings. So rather than, I, I, we never talk about the inner peace place as a place so that you can shut down feelings. It's about being a place of calm so that those feelings, the fear, the frustration, the anxiety, the anger can flow through you. Because anytime those things get trapped in the body, they create disease and discomfort. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I, I, as I hang around with different people in different um, phases of like how they relate in the world, uh, I can really notice the difference between the people who operate like it at the level of, um, for the people who are just listening, I'm trying to figure out how to, to say what this, um, this place is like, you're operating from like uh, your chest up. And so it's, it's much more heady and it's, and you're not really allowing the emotion like to flow you're through a, you. You're, you're a balloon that's like floating in the sky. Yeah. Like that's where you're just sort of like your sort of head is in the clouds in some way. Your emotions are in the clouds. They're and, not tethered. And you're, that's right. That's, you. that's it. You're not, they're not tethered. They're just like, it's like a fountain, you know, just like flying into the, into the sky, you know, and then it's just like splashing into the ground where, but it's just like exploding out. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's just, it's chaotic. And it's that groundedness. I mean, so one of the visualizations that I've used over the years too, is that sense of having like roots coming through your feet, coming through your core, all the way into the earth, all the way through the earth so that you are really grounded on that. A lot of people believe in, um, I can't remember what the term is, I think it's called earth walking or something, but see the actually um, physically putting your feet on the earth, um, mm -hmm. bare feet on the earth, uh, and that that's very grounding. And so you want to really look at whatever the things are for you that allow you to get, get to that place, to feel grounded. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, uh, for a lot of us, the wind blows and we're going like this way and that way and we're all over the place. Um, but if you can look at it from the perspective of like, okay, a pretty strong wind has to blow before I get off my center, 
And so, you know, my goal is to live my center and to live at a pretty high vibration and to feel like um, I matter, the other person matters, mm -hmm. and how we deal with each other is really important. And so, you know, relationship-wise, I can't think of any relationship that doesn't benefit from learning how to find that inner peace place. Yeah. And, and you can't teach somebody else that if they're not interested in it. Mm -hmm. So don't try to make your partner, your child, anybody else in your life do that. Um, you do it. And there's, there's a, uh, in martial arts, there's a thing where if uh, I push on you, and you push on me, right? We're pushing on each other, right? Yeah, but our hands are literally pushing on each other right now for right. those of our but, but, <laughs> but if, if we give up, there's there's less, right? Yeah. So so one one person has to relax. Mm -hmm. Because if we're, we're just constantly coming at each other, mm -hmm. then we're both in a struggle. Yeah. But when one of us relaxes, the other has to relax. Or else or they're just going to tip over. They're going to fall flat on their yeah. face. And so... Uh, you you don't have to engage in those emotions with other people. You go to your Zen place. You go find that place of inner peace and then examine what's going on inside of you that is the reaction to whatever's coming at you from that person. Mm -hmm. Got anything else for today? Um, one little quick thing about uh, also handling uh, uh, physical pain. Um, uh, I haven't had like a lot of serious injuries, but the most intense pain I've had to felt I felt over a prolonged period is when I got a tattoo. Um, I have two of them, but one of them is like much much bigger. And it was her very first like, one. Yeah, like the size of like a regular like little letter card, like a card kind of deal. Like that's how big it is, and it's on my back. Um, and with that, uh, my go-to place for dealing with physical pain is to just kind of drift into la la land. Um, so I just dip into a, like my imagination and sort of, I'm in a way I'm like, like detaching myself from the, like the, like the ground and like the physical body so that I can just float into somewhere else. Um, so I'm not attached to the pain. Um, so that's how I've kind of navigated, like being in intense pain and like being able to work through that. It's just like, um, not so much like, uh, like drifting off and like not feeling my body, but just like drifting off so I don't have to feel the pain. And when I can come back, like I come back and I'm like shaking and I'm cold and like there's still shock of the body, but like I'm not, I don't have to feel the pain so directly. Yeah, it's funny because she's so much better at this than I am because for her 21st birthday, we got matching Hanu turtle tattoos. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I'd never had a tattoo before, but I like the idea that she had come to me and said, I want to get a tattoo that symbolizes our relationship. And um, I said, well, maybe we should both get one. I, I looked at her like, are you an alien? What did she do with my mother? What have, what have you done? Have, have you been replaced? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I, I, like, I never had any desire of a tattoo, but there was something mm -hmm. that felt really good about that, really symbolic. But back to the pain. Oh, my gosh. I, 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 I and it's a tiny little tattoo. It's like this big. I mean, it's like, like a, what was it? Maybe like half the size of a coaster. Oh, yeah, if, if that, yeah. if that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have not mastered that level of pain she has for tattoos. So that's probably my only tattoo. Uh, and, and I, I'm good at other things, but there's something about that particular pain for me that, um, I won't subject myself to it. Just like I won't subject myself to certain abusive types of personalities. Mm -hmm. I, I, uh, I, I have learned to deal with people who speak louder, who are more uh, aggressive in their communication. Um, and a lot of it is, is, uh, self-talk mantras, 
Mm -hmm. And um, knowing that this won't last forever, I don't have to be in that situation forever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that good for you today? Yeah. All right. We love you. Mm -hmm. We look forward to the next time we get to spend with you. Take care. Know that you are loved.